0: Good morning, everyone. Thank you as well for the privilege of sharing today. I do feel always inadequate to stand up here. It's always by God's God's grace, right? I wanted to just share a bit on uh, what we pass on to our kids, some of it wittingly, some of it unwittingly, and just some thoughts that I had on that. Have you um, thought ever about all the phrases that you heard from your parents when you were growing up, the common ones that are passed on through the generations, like, um, just wait till your father gets home? (laughs) And who do you think you are, the Queen of Sheba? Who is the Queen of Sheba anyway? I don't even know if that's a person. Money doesn't grow on trees, you know. And if you're too full for dinner, you're too full for dessert. If you keep making that face, it will freeze that way. You're the oldest. You should know better. Well, if your friend jumped off a bridge, would you? Don't put that in your mouth. (laughs) and then the one we always say because I said so (laughs) paired frequently with what did I just say I'm not going to say it again Um, do you have to go to the bathroom that's the one we say a lot right but don't waste your energy on that one because they're going to say no then you get them all bundled up in their snow suits, or wherever you're going, or in the car, or in the car seat, and then they say, I have to pee. <laughs> Don't look at me with those eyes. If you want to act like a child, I'll treat you like one. Anyway, there's so many more. But those are some of the things that... You pass on to your kids. You find yourself saying those things even when you never really wanted to. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6, Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. When I was growing up, there were things that my parents said to me that I determined in my heart I would never do. My parents were, um, when I was quite young, they were very strong Christians, and they believed the whole Bible, And they wanted to raise their kids believing the whole Bible and acting the whole Bible. So we had some very strict boundaries. And I felt it was my job as a child to constantly push those boundaries. And I remember my uh, exasperated mom in the kitchen standing there trying to figure out what to do with me and saying that cliche like, if your friends want to jump off a bridge, let them, but that doesn't mean that you have to. And, um, and it was always because I would say something like, well, all my normal friends get to do things like this, right? Or whatever it was, go to a dance or, or go to a party that was later at night. And my parents would say no. Um, and in my mind, I thought at that time, when, when, I, when I have kids... And my kids are growing up, I'm never going to do that. I'm always going to talk to them rationally, explain the reasons, <laughs> be logical, give them a chance to respond, to think about an answer, to listen to what they say. <laughs> and then I remember standing in the kitchen, in my own kitchen, after a big argument with my kids, and I'd sent them to their rooms and told them to think about what I said and that I was going to come up with a wooden spoon in a couple of minutes. <laughs> and I remember standing there and thinking, I thought I'd never get here. I thought this would never be me. And how did I get here? And we have these moments of reflection as parents growing up, or growing our kids up, where we think back to our behaviors, what we're saying to our kids, and you wonder, where does that all come from? Psychologists tell us that it's common to have issues in relationships that have a connection to our parents. And almost all the time, it goes back to attachments with their own parents that they reenact in their own relationships, especially their intimate relationships. In fact, 80 to 90% of our life, we're actually operating on the unconscious level. Most of our interactions are unconscious. They're not something you think about first and then do, you just do them without thinking. And for the most part, people start acting like their parents and start inheriting these attributes, even when they're infants and toddlers. Our brains are actually programmed by our caregivers to act and behave in the world. So how do we overcome? The first step is awareness. When you're really stressed, and you're talking to your partner or your kids, and your parents were angry and stressed, and they would snap at someone, when you're stressed, it's harder to not reenact those patterns. And so you have to work at it. You have to realize that it's happening, and you have to stop being mean and nasty when you're stressed. You have to do it differently than your parents, and you have to do it again and again and again. And this way, it creates new pathways in your brain, and that's how you change from being in that same pattern as your parents. This whole science of neural pathways and neuroscience has come open in the last 10 to 20 years. And they actually have shown that there are neural pathways in your brain. And they show that you can create new neural pathways. And, it, and they say it's similar to walking in an overgrown field. So there is a certain path, and your brain will automatically want to take the path that's already trampled down. But in your mind, you have to start to create new pathways. And then your brain can start to use those pathways, but you have to trample down the grass in the field in order for that pathway to become clear. The more you walk, the clearer it becomes. And you do the same with your brain. You create and use a new pathway, and that's who you want to be. You decide ahead of time who you want to be, and how you're going to act, rather than the old path that you learned. So it's important to take time and think about your history as a child and how your parents treated you and how different patterns in your life might be similar to patterns in their lives. Take a pause and reflect. Talk about it with a friend that's close to you. And then pray and ask God to help you in that process. In God... As we heard in prayer this morning, and as we heard in the morning, there is rebirth. Our minds are renewed. We have freedom in Christ. We are able to walk in new ways. And God helps us with that. Sometimes it's very hard to take that second when you're in a situation where you automatically react in a certain way to listen to God and to think about what is the correct way to respond in this way. But God helps us. That's what his grace does. It helps us to overcome things. Other things that help in this is to have friendship and being in community. We need to have role models in our lives that help us see that there's another way. To be in each other's lives, in their homes, where you see that other families don't react and don't have these cycles of of mistrust or fear or anger in their homes, that their homes are different. And it's important for us to be able to see that those uh, families do exist and then to spend time in, in anything that you can do with community, whether it's to be in Belinda's group on Thursday nights where you have a chance to talk to other moms or the prayer meeting on Tuesday morning or church on Sunday or wherever you can find space to hang out together and come and say, oh, my gosh, today I had such a hard situation. I didn't know what to do with my child. This situation happened, and all the other moms give advice and give things that they've done in their heart, in their lives to overcome those situations, and it helps us to figure out what to do and then to take those steps the next time. We need to learn from our role models. The early church um, in Acts talks about how they would meet together in their homes, and they had meals together. That's what our community needs to do. And what we do, we try to make room for that. But we encourage you to also, you have to participate. You have to be vulnerable. You have to put yourself out there. And we we just want to encourage you to do that. Remember that we're not clones of our parents. And our children are not clones of us. That hasn't been created yet. And God has created each person different. And it doesn't mean that patterns that you have in your life will automatically be put in your kids' lives. Yes, there may be a tendency to move that way, but God is a God of freedom, and we, are, we have the ability to change at any age, whether we're in our 90s, or whether we're in our 20s, or whether we're in our 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever it is, we have the ability to change. We have the ability to set these neural pathways to make new ones, and God can help us do that. Remember the one important thing that I want to leave with you to say to your kids that has been echoed over the years and is used over and over and over and over again is I love you. We tell that to to our kids when they're really little. We're rocking them to sleep in our arms. We tell it to them when they're growing up and going out the door. Remember, I love you. And then later, sometimes they don't want to hear that in those words So maybe we come up with a way of saying that without using the words so that they understand what it is. But it's a way just to something that we need to leave with our kids. Let them know that they're loved every step of the way. That there's nothing that they can do that would take away that love. That they would know that unconditionally from their parents. Remember that. Thank you.